Welcome back to Nachiyami. We are continuing in Sefer Yoshua, entering Perak Yud Zayin, the 17th chapter of Sefer Yoshua. We've moved from the general description of the lot that was given to the children of Yosef, to Menashe and Ephraim in central Israel. And now we focus on the, the more specifics within the, that division. So the Perak starts off by describing the section that was given to Menashe, the elder son or the oldest son of Yosef. And then we get into an interesting throwback to the Torah. And that is, is that Tzalofchad was an individual who left Egypt and he died with five daughters um, who, who continued and inherited him. And there was a whole dis- the discussion they had with Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Pinchas about, that, about their ability to inherit when there were no sons. They were granted Moshe Rabbeinu's permission who, uh, um, after speaking with Hashem. And that became the section of Torah called Yerusha Sabas, Daughters Inheriting. And this is now the time where they step forward and they say, Moshe Rabbeinu promised us this, and Yoshua grants them exactly what they were promised, and they walk out with um, the inheritance. And the Tanakh describes that ten portions were given, ten you know, sections of land were given to the children of Menashe in Israel proper, in central Israel. And the, it goes on to describe the cities of, and the boundaries of the section of Menashe. Now, interestingly enough, the next section in this parak describes that there was actually one area that they weren't successful in conquering. Much like we saw at the end of the last parak, we see that there was a certain area that they weren't able to really drive out the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were very strong by Yoel HaKnani. They, they, they persevered to stay in their land. And, and so Israel kind of, you know, submitted by taxing them, but not really kicking them out. And we're going to see this is going to be a continual Problem. It's going to be a perennial problem throughout all the Sefer Shoftim because of these inactions. At the, the, the end of the parak closes with an interesting drama in which the Bnei Yosef, which the Mepharshim says specifically the children of Menashe, come to Moshe Rabbeinu and to Yoshua and say, Yoshua, we're, we're a lot of people, we just don't have enough land for us. So Yoshua says, well, you know what, I've got a great solution for you. You know, there's an area right next to you. Go and uh, go and conquer more cities. Cut down the forest and settle in the forest and conquer the 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 Canaanites and the who are on the neighboring hill. And they respond, "Ooh, you know, uh, we can't really do that. They have chariots, and you know, in those days chariots, is, of course, is the tanks of the time. You know, we don't have such military equipment. We can't conquer them." And Yoshua says, "You know, you should really cut down the forest and uh, and uh, and and kick out the Canaanites." You know, even though they have these uh, these chariots, and that's kind of the end of the conversation. So this is an interesting parak on a number of accounts. Um, first, just uh, just to come back to the Benos Tzlovchad thing as a point to ponder for a moment. You know, when describing how many portions Menashe was divided into, we're told that there's really essentially ten provinces or ten se- separate sections of land. Chazal tell us that the six of them went to the base of, which means to say that there were. The main families of Menashe, which are described as the children of Menashe, who sort of got their central portions and provinces, are there were there were six in central Israel. There are four remaining ones went actually went to the Benos Tzlovchad for these daughters of Tzlovchad. How did that work? Well, the way that the inheritance worked was that depending on the number of people who came out of Mitzrayim, that sort of set the framework of how big each um, each tribe would be based on that number. But then. The subdivision of that happened as they entered the land. So let's say a family left Egypt with 10 children. So there would be 10 different um, sections of land. And if there were an incredible amount of children, those 10 sections would have to be subdivided smaller than if there had been less children when they went into the land of Israel. 
So over here, when they left Egypt, Tzlofchad himself, who's the father of these five daughters, had one portion. He was actually a Bechorah firstborn, so he had two sections. His father, Hefer, was also around and also had passed away. And he had a brother who also passed away during the desert, which was four portions, which the daughters of Tzlofchad got. So this is really just to appreciate the fruition of this actual episode of the daughters of Tzlofchad. It's quite a significant thing. We're talking about 40% of the land mass um, that was inherited in the land of Israel went to the daughters of Tzlofchad. That's a very serious amount of land um, in resolution. When coming back to this last this last episode that occurs with this conversation conversation between Yeshua and the children of Menasha, it uh, or the children of Yosef more specific, more generally, why is it that, that these the, they're having a trouble in the first place? I mean like didn't didn't it work out everybody else seemed to be alright. Why are they complaining about their land mass? So um Rashi, all the Mephoshim explain that if you do a quick careful count at the beginning of the desert experience and the end of the desert experience, meaning how much each tribe grew, the tribe which grew the most dramatically was in fact the tribe of Menashe, starting off in Parshas by Midbar as as, um, 32,000. Um, oddly, later on, 38 years later, they were 52,000, right? So we're talking about, um, you know, an increase of, a, of almost double um, in size, which is, you know, so this is why they got their sort of their land was carved out based on the people who left in Egypt. But now when they're actually entering the land, there's, there's far more people to populate that smaller area, which is what their problem is. So what's the solution? So Yoshua says, you know, cut down the forest and conquer the Canaanites. And they say, look, we don't have the military equipment to, to do this. What was the response? What, 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 how, do we, how, does this, how does this resolve itself in the end of the day? So the Mephoshim debate this. The Malbim says, Yoshua said, you know what, you're right. You can't conquer those Canaanites. You can't cut down the forest easily. So I'm going to work it out. And he, the, the Malbim goes on to point out that Yoshua redistributed some of the cities of Yisachar, of the northern tribe, into the, into, incorporated into Menashe because of the land issue. Fascinating. I think it's a tremendous chiddush the Malbim is suggesting. The mainstream of Farshim on this, like the Radak says, no. Yeshua says, I'm giving you a solution. Run with the solution. You want more land? Conquer more land. And they said, we can't. Yeshua says, you can. And that's how it really ends. It ends with them not willing to take the lead in the conquest. And this is where we see the problem occurring. They, they want some more land, but they're not willing to take that step necessary to actually conquer it. And this becomes a real problem. We're going to see actually Sefer Shoftim begins off with this very story in a certain sense where Yosef isn't willing, able, slash, one or the other, to go to that extra step. And we see that the 31 kings that we conquered aren't so conclusive and decisive as it would seem from the initial start off. This has not been the most successful conquest at this point in time. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.